Hello everyone and welcome to Fud FM. My name is Brett Cole and alongside me as always is our IT and podcast guru, Lachlan Colfart. Welcome, how are we? Very good, Brett. Very good. Surprisingly managing to keep it uh, all together uh, middle of the week and uh, with school back and work being back full pace now. It's been a little bit hectic this last week or so, but um, yeah, managing to keep things uh, together and surviving, uh, which, is, which is a pleasing thing. I'm sure you're probably working on about 30 laptops at a time at the moment, getting them programmed from the new year, or have you already done that? Uh, well, we've got one school that's got a batch of 450, so um, that's been interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. All, all for the new prep students or year sevens? Year sevens. Oh, well, year sevens. Year seven. in, this, in this case, it's for an entire school. But, um, yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, fun and games. Anyway, fair enough. Right, now, join on the show tonight. Well, again, we'll give you a bit of a wrap-up of what's going on around the clubs, a little bit to report, uh, a review of last week's matches. Um, we've got another special guest, Wog, so looking forward to that. Um, and then we'll do a bit of a preview of this week's games, a bit of FUD watch, and whatever else we can think of in that time. So, But as always, Wog, you want to give a, a special mention to a couple of individuals uh, regarding this podcast. Yes, the men, the myths, the legends, the stories, the drawings, the music. Tian Watson, Neville Cooper, oh, you wonderful individuals. Your contribution for this podcast, the logo, the music is hugely appreciated. And if anyone would like any graphics work done, please get in contact with T and Watson. Or if they need even just a little tune put together, a little, t- you know, a little bit, a little bit, or a little, uh, I can't even think of it, Brett, a little commercial jingle, maybe. Uh, yeah, jingle, I would have said. Yeah, jingle. Let's go with that. Uh, Neville Cooper is your man. We still haven't quite got the, uh, the little jingle for uh, for Fud Watch, but uh, I'm happy. I was to waiting fill, for that. I'm happy to still fill in the sound effects, uh, sound effects for that because I <laughs> think I think we've got it quite covered. Fair enough, Rob. All right, so we'll, as always, we'll start off what's going on around the club now. Can report, uh, obviously, I think starting this week, we'll be or next week, uh, we'll be talking to everyone about uh, their intentions for next year as we put try and put together a fourth uh, senior team, a second B-grade team, which will be predominantly a development team for our uh, young guys that uh, are in C-grade at the moment and uh, need some senior experience. So I'll kind of probably talk to the juniors next Tuesday and just uh, see what their thoughts are. So please, uh, if someone asks you about what your intentions are, please uh, let them know because... We need to plan for this kind of stuff. It just doesn't happen overnight, so we need a little bit of time to plan. Second thing, Wog, is our presentation days slash evenings. Now, a junior one is set for Sunday, February 28th from midday. Now, that'll be our under-16s and I think our under-13s as well. So that'll be after the junior semi-final at day two. So, yeah, if you can... If you can start to put that in your diary for all our junior parents and junior families, that would be good. We'll be sending out, uh, putting out some flyers on Facebook and emails and that in the very, very near future. But please pencil that one in or jump on Team App uh, because there'll be more details on there. So stay tuned for that. Uh, it'll be a nice little, hopefully a little surprise for all our junior players this year as a bit of a bit of a token. So just working on that one, but. It's taking. You know, I've just got to try and get some ducks uh, in order to be able to pull that one off. The third thing, Wog, oh, this is a big one. 
Mucklewood have now entered not only the podcast realm, Wog, they have now got FPOS. So on the Thursday night and uh, the Saturday out at South Mucklewood, FPOS will be available via our new square machine. So um, if you don't have any funds on you, uh, we'll gladly take uh, FPOS now, So, um, which is good. So... Please forgive uh, the operator, which would be probably more like more than likely Hep, um, if he's not quite sure what he's doing. Or if, if so, give him a hand. It's a pretty easy system to operate. But uh, fortunately, Hep couldn't get it working last week and uh, couldn't work out why. And uh, I said, probably need internet connected to it. He goes, yeah, okay, didn't know that. So, yeah, <laughs> please just help him out if I'm not there. <laughs> Uh, but no, FPOS machine is up and going, so uh, no excuse uh, if you don't have any cash. Uh, the other thing, Wog, is we're working on a, a fundraising activity, hopefully in April. I'll probably make a phone call in the next week about that. It potentially could be a nice little profit earn- earner if we can get this off the ground. So uh, one Sunday in April, we'll be uh, looking for some help, whether it be if you can help out for a few hours or a full day, um, but the club if potentially could make uh, a nice amount of money from it. So, yeah, it'll involve some relatively physical labour. Not not too bad, but just uh, bagging stuff. So stay tuned for that and um, please assist with that uh, if you can because, yeah, obviously all the profits go back into the club and um, try and uh, update our facilities as my dog just goes off its bananas, Wog. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can probably hear in the background. And I think uh, I think that's about it from committee point of view. Uh, there might be a couple of things in the next couple of weeks. He is really going nuts. Someone must be walking past the house. I think that, yeah, there might be a couple of other things going forward in the next couple of weeks, but um, we'll let you know as soon as... We know if it's anything important. Uh, I don't know if you've got anything, Wog. No? Nope. No, that's fair enough. All right, Wog, so that leads us into our reviews of last week. Yep. So there, have, there was, due to some uh, inclement weather, where Casman just got absolutely bucketed on in Friday, uh, some games did get cancelled, which uh, included the females match. Uh, I believe that was postponed, Brett. Is that right? Yep, that is postponed to tonight, uh, as in Friday. But uh, I don't think the weather forecast is overly good for that one either. Ah, fantastic. Oh, good. Fantastic. Great to hear. So, unfortunately, that one was postponed. Um, and the B-grade game between North Castlemaine and Muckleford was cancelled as well. So, that ended up in a draw. Both sides sharing points. The games that did manage to get underway. Uh, two C-grade sides did play. Uh, so I'll start off with the United Combine side. So they played uh, Colts Feelin. Colts won the toss at, 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 at South Muckleford. Colts Feelin won the toss and decided to have the bat. Uh, the Combine side, Muckleford managed to restrict, I suppose, uh, Colts Feelin to nine for 137. Main wicket takers was uh, your man, Tommy Smith. Uh, Brett got two for nine off of his four. And Aidan Goddard got two for 16 off of his five overs as well. And there was also an array of uh, single wicket takers as well for Muckleford. So uh, good effort. Nine for 137. Very doable. 
hopefully they'll have favourable conditions where they can chase down the runs, Brett. Yeah, I must admit, I was out there Saturday morning uh, before the game. Uh, Graham was actually, from a surface point of view, uh, dry. It was soft. There's no doubt it was soft and the wig was a little bit wet. But 137 was a pretty good score, to be honest. Uh, just looking at the scorecard, Wad, uh, old mate Xavier Traz uh, played pretty well. He mm. really scored ha- half of Colesfield's run. So, mm. uh, obviously, the ball might have been slipping out of the hands of... Uh, our young team. So, uh, look, you know, who knows if it's wet this week. Hopefully the ball might slip out for Cops feelings and uh, you're half a chance. But, yeah, South does actually dry uh, uh, quite well. So, yeah, it didn't really surprise me that they made 137. Maybe the extras did. We'll kick on to the next game. Muckleford played Castlemon United up the road at uh, Old Muckleford, North Muckleford ground. Muckleford won the toss and sent Castlemon United into bat. And it proved to be an inspired choice. Because uh, Muckleford did a fantastic job in managing to bowl Castlemaine out for 68, and it's included 27 extras. So the pick of the bowl is two wickets for Theo Malik Cooper. Terrific effort there. And uh, two for 16 for Harry Harvey off of his five overs as well. And we've got some single wicket takers uh, in there as well. So terrific effort by the kids there to uh, roll Castlemaine the way that they did, uh, particularly given the importance of the game and ladder positions, because both teams are very close to one another on the ladder. So a fantastic effort by yeah, people to respect them. Equal points, Wog. Uh, I will say the old ground was a lot wetter than uh, than uh, Mapson and Timmons. I, I think they may have had to cordon off a little area that was uh, right on the boundary and there's a little bit of a puddle. But, uh, yeah, look, 68 actually, if it's, if it's the same conditions this week, as last week, 68 actually might be a winning score, Wog. Now, you might go, gee, gee 68's not too many, but Graham was very heavy. I'm actually sort of surprised they actually played. Had it been up to me, I probably wouldn't have, but, you know, good on them. It's junior cricket. They want to have a go. Um, but, yeah, they've still got a little bit of work to do. Uh, need, uh, like, you know, Theo to carry on with his good form and, and, uh, and Finn and, you know, some little contributions down the other end. Uh, from the other guys and girls. Exactly right. Well said. Uh, so we can move on to the next games. As I alluded to before, Belgrade didn't play, so they played as it was a draw uh, due to the weather conditions. They, the match was cancelled. Uh, it was due to be played at North Castle, Maine. Uh, the next game is a reserve played Harcourt out at Harcourt. Harcourt won the toss and decided to have a bat first. Now, the match was modified to 35 overs due to some time loss uh, to begin with. Uh just gave the gave the ground a little bit of extra time just to dry out just that little bit more because of all that rain. But the ground was in pretty in pretty good nick considering the amount of water that had come down. Uh, someone who was very very close to the Harcourt ground alluded and said that they had about sixty mil overnight. So uh, to get a game on was a was a terrific effort and uh, very well combined uh, effort by a lot of people helping to uh, get the ground in good condition. Harcourt posted 168 off of their 35 overs. Now, the pick of the bowlers for Muckleford uh, was uh, Andrew Butcher got two for 42 42 off of his seven. Callan Huff got one. James Cole got one. And Asher Butcher got three for 35 off of his five. Uh, I reckon Huff, he got three, didn't he? No, to my knowledge, he only got one, Um, which was a a bold, (laughs) which was a bold. And I was looking at that, Brett, and, and Mike Rickard saying that Huffy did get three wickets, but that is not the case. Mm. But he bowled out Sauce, and then he did not get another wicket. I'll better make a note of that to change that one. 
Yep. Um, can't, have given, we can't give credit to Huffy too much. No, no, exactly right. Otherwise, the conversations would just balloon out, much like any cricket story that Callan has. It's a, that was a competitive score. It's a, they, the bowling conditions for Michael Fidd were very favourable early on, and the ball was hooping around a bit, uh, particularly with all the moisture in the air. So Harcourt really just steadied themselves and shielded themselves after losing the first wicket very quickly. So Lockie Mercury and, and Source Brereton did a really good job of just um, stabilising everything. And from there, they were just able to launch a really, really hefty platform and they just ploughed on the runs in the latter half of the innings. So, yeah, it was 167. 168 was a, was a competitive score. It's going to be hard to chase down. Um, oh, sorry, you have to comment, Wog? Or? Uh, yeah, if you want. Feel free to add in. No, not right. don't really have one, to be honest. Right, 168, yeah, probably a few too many, I would have thought, but... Yeah. Uh, was ground dry or yeah, the ground was the ground was dry ish. There was a couple of patches of the ground where it was a little bit, you know. Are they the run ups? No, no. The run ups are actually pretty good and the pitch was pretty dry. The the costly thing for Muckleford was that they dropped five catches or maybe four. Mm. Two of them were from two individuals, uh, both starting with the same last name. Um so they they really they really hurt. Um if if that have, if that have held on to their catches, they probably could have dismissed Harcourt for probably I don't know another 40, 40 runs less, maybe fifty. Um, they would, I thought they would be costly drops. Um, anyway, we'll move on to the batting. They gave it a good shake. Um, unfortunately, they just like a previous run chase. I reckon it might have been against Maiden Gully. They just left a lot too late. Uh, they ended up getting six for 147 off of their 35 overs. Marty Sharples did a fantastic job anchoring the innings again. Uh, 40 with 42, and then there was just some even contributions uh, all up. So Kyle Cordy got 21. What else is there? James Cole got 13. There's Dakota Slingo got 19. Tatian Watson got 12. Um, Andrew Butcher got 16. So you know, some some really good contributions there. Just yeah, they, I think they just let their run just a little bit too late to chase down those runs. Oh, the sounds of it, well, get a bit of that, and yeah, obviously the fielding probably hurts as well because. Yeah, 168 and 35 is is good tracking. It's nearly five and over. So yeah, I mean Harcourt's not a big ground, but it's not overly small uh, square of the wicket. But um, yeah, unfortunately, it's probably put paid to a reserves' hopes uh, of finishing in the four now that have to win all three and probably rely on results, which can be done, but chance of that is probably diminishing by the week. Now, before we move on to A grade, Wog, I just want you to just. Uh, Replay what I said would happen in the A-grade game last week. Yeah, look, they're a good team, but very not, uh, very beatable, I think. Um, and I think if we did happen to, I'm, I mean, I'm rel- reasonably confident, Log. I don't know, I've just got this feeling this week that we might might sneak it over the line. But uh, if we do, I guess it just gives an enormous amount of confidence and uh, going forward. So, huge game for A-grade. Well, well, well. Wow. Brett Cole, Brett Cole has had a lot of job titles thrown at him during his short time in this earth, but I didn't think Soothsayer would be one of them. <laughs> Brett, you called it. Uh, I just had a hunch at the start of the week, Wog, that uh, we'd have a win. Um, yeah, but I'll let you run through the scorecard before I elaborate a little bit more. Yes, so uh, Muckleford played Barkers Creek uh, at the Mapson Simmons Oval. Barkers Creek won the toss and decided to send Muckleford in for a bat. Started off a bit shaky. Thought uh, at the three for 28, things might have been looking a little bit grim. Uh, however, a very good partnership by uh, John Watson and Daniel Peckham uh, helped 
guide Muckleford to getting 131 off of 37 overs. So you would have been pretty happy to post 131, particularly after a bit of a shaky start there, Brett. Uh, yes and no, Wog. Yeah, look, three for 28, not the ideal start, especially when uh, certain morons decide that uh, leaving your ball on off stumps is a good idea. But, yeah, like, you know, John batted very well, showed in great intent from the word go. And, and with Daniel playing a nice little knock, uh, just knocking the ball around, actually had Barker's Creek on the back foot. But, you know, at one stage we're five for 123 with eight overs to go, Wog, and, you know, 150 was probably par, you know, just just due to the softness of the ground. It was, yeah, as I alluded to in regards to Seagrave, um, it was soft, but it wasn't wasn't wet by by any stretch. So to lose five eight, including four for none, um, I thought we've probably left about twenty out there, especially when we had three and a half overs still to bat. Um, so yeah, one hundred and thirty one from three for twenty. Yeah, it's not too bad, but could have been a hell of a lot better. So um, moving on to the batting, uh, Muckleford put in a, an excellent bowling performance to restrict Barker's Creek and bowl him out for 107. Best, but the best bowling figures, uh, Jeremy Priest three for 25 off of his eight. That's outstanding for a league spinner in um in short form cricket. You'd take that in any day of the week. Uh, Daniel Peckham and John Watson are two for 13 and two for 11, and Braden Wright two for 24 as well. An excellent uh, economical spell at the top there as well. Brett, um, so. It, terrific effort by the guys to restrict Barker's Creek the way that they did and uh, really, really helps them solidify their place on the ladder. When we took the field, you know, it was just great to see some energy from all the guys. Uh, had a little had a little bit of a mini finals atmosphere at Didwog. Just, um, you know, Barker's had a few people there and we had a, a little bit of a crowd there. So it's a few cars there around the ground, which was nice to see. And, um, yeah, look, you know, Brado bowled a terrific spell at the top, taking two very important wickets. Um, you know, uh, but Jess Priest, I mean, his first two overs weren't great, but I think he went for his last six overs went for about 10 or 11 runs and took three wickets, just was landing them on a dime. Um, and, you know, he got a re- he broke a really important partnership, you know, just through really good pressure bowling, um, which is really important to, to have. So he bowled well, Daniel bowled well at the death, John bowled uh, as he always does, and even Joey Jindal. A nice little, you know, didn't get a wicket for bold two maidens. And, you know, just when, you know, they were always sort of not behind the eight ball, but they were just a fraction behind where they need to be. Um, and we just kept pressing for them. And in the end, uh, it was enough that, you know, they needed 45 off the last 10 with only three wickets in hand. So, um, you know, it was a terrific effort. As you mentioned, Bog, uh, basically nearly wraps up uh, a final four spot now. Um, and I'll allude to sort of the ramifications of that win um, a little bit later on. But uh, awesome efforts. Not always nice beating Barkers, especially when they haven't been beaten all year. So um, it was a very happy group after the game. I imagine it would have been. imagine it would have been. Uh, so on that uh, lovely little note there, Brett, uh, that is the end of the results uh, for the weekend. So we can uh, move on. Another fine wrap-up by yourself, Wog. All right, then we might take a, a very – now, actually, before we do take a short break, uh, now we've got a special guest coming on, Wog. I don't know if you've got this individual's stats uh, in front of you. This individual has played 156 career matches, according to my cricket, uh, for Muckleford. Uh, 979 runs at an average, batting average of 13.60 with a high score of 51. He's also taken 175 wickets at a bowling average of 15.63 with best bowling of 6 for 33. 
Yeah, I wouldn't have thought this individual had played that many games, Bob, but uh, anyway, there it is. All right, then we might take a very short break and uh, listen uh, and get a word from our wonderful sponsor. Are you looking to light up your house? Give Lachlan a call at Ambient Lighting and Electrical on 0438 752 or you can uh, visit his website on ambientlighting.com.au. He'll set the right ambience for you. Welcome back to Fud FM, everyone, and a big thank you to our sponsor in Ambient Lighting. Now, Wagga, as before the break, we mentioned we do have a special guest. Been looking forward to this one all week uh, since teed this one up about a week and a half ago, Wog. So on the ball this week. So without further ado, joining us on the line all the way from Carisbrook is Braden Wright. Brado, welcome to Fud FM. Beetle, what's going on? Oh, well, busy day, mate. You know how it is in the world of finance. So uh, I'm sure it's been a busy day in the world of construction for you. Yes, it is. That's good to hear. Yeah, mate, tell us, first of all, you've been at Muckleford for probably seven or eight years now, I reckon. Uh, yeah. Tell us, because you didn't start at Muckleford, tell us how you arrived at Muckleford, because you started your junior cricket out at Elphinstone. Yes, I started out in Elphinstone, but um, when I started in, I think it was year seven, uh, Rory Stevenson, who used to play, he asked me to play under-13s at Muckleford. So I thought, oh, why not? Because Elphinstone didn't have a under-13s. Well, they did, but in a different league. So I um, played C-grade, well, under-13s there with the likes of uh, Deck and Dakota and Lloyd. So, yeah. So you've played, you've played uh, what, you played three years of C-grade uh, before moving up the ranks all the way from B Reserve and now into A grade. Is that right? I think so. Oh, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> only, you, uh, only you would know, mate. I don't. <laughs> I reckon, yeah. Uh, but, but you also played a couple of games of B grade out at Elphinstone when you were a young fella. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, well, it's pretty different to uh, what it is now, I suppose, being young and playing out B grade out in Elphinstone, watching every second ball going to the orchard. So. But no. <laughs> no, it was good at the time, good experience. And uh, also, you know, fielding on that very lush surface of dirt. Yeah, it was pretty good to slide on anyway. You come back with a few holes in the in the pants, but <laughs> Yeah. Tell us what, what sparked your interest in cricket? Uh what what got you into cricket in the first place? I don't know. I think it was um no, I actually don't know. Just started playing. It looked fun at the time. Um, I suppose if something you you half decent at, it should continue. So, Fair enough. I'm not, I'm not too good at uh, any other sports. So. Oh, you sell yourself a little bit short on golf, mate. <laughs> when golf. you hit them straight. When I hit them straight, yeah. <laughs> no, that's very true. Now, obviously, in your when you're playing juniors. Who who's your favourite cricket of all time? Because I reckon there's one that because uh, you've had many photos taken with the <laughs> some international players, but surely there's one or two that stand out for you. I reckon playing Bravos up there, Nathan Lyon is is right up the top. I reckon just because he bowls off spin. So you're talking about Nathan Lyon, Braden. Um, would he be? Would he? Was he the influence on you bowling off spin? Because there was a period of. Time you were bowling uh, some Steve Waugh slow mediums. 
Yeah. Um, well, I sort of got a bit too lazy running in, so I thought I might try <laughs> try some off spin and somehow come off a bit. But uh, yeah, I reckon that's probably the main reason that I went to office because I just couldn't be stuffed running in anymore. Yes, well, I know fit, fitness is certainly one of your very high priorities. Yeah, uh, judging comes second last on the list, but second last, I'd hate to think yeah. what is last then. Anyway, we'll move on from that. <laughs> yes, uh, fair, fair enough. Uh, probably not food. That's what. That's no. <laughs> probably pretty high up. <laughs> so, tell us about some of your highlights in your cricketing career, from a maybe from a personal point of view and probably a, a team point of view. A highlight was probably winning a C grade premiership. That was good fun. It's it's not a big um, thing, but I suppose for me, I don't know winning against Parkers when uh, they had the likes of like Derby, Bailey, and, uh, Kane, Farrell, and all that, and beating them with the team. Where I suppose you look at their A grade, then you look at ours, and they're completely different. But um, yeah, yeah. Now, were you captain of that one, or were you captain of the following year? Uh, the following year, so the following yeah, year, winning. that was also against Barkers. No, it was against Castleman United. Oh, was it? Oh, jeez. Oh, the one out of Barkers out at Castleman, out at um, out of Harcourt. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, what about individually? Probably taken six for uh, out of Barkers. Oh, out at Newstead, actually. Out at Newstead. No, was it Newstead? Jeez. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I've, taken, story. I've taken two of them. Yeah, I don't know. Jeez. Can't remember. This is, this is one of our more crisp interviews, Vlog. This is going very, very well. Oh, it's flowing. Well, on that, I'm, I might hand it off to Wog because obviously my questions aren't that interesting. So Wog might have something a little bit better. Yeah, you think you think you're in trouble, Raiden, with this interview so far to strap yourself in because it's going to get worse and worse. So first up, I'm going to start off with a small story, and it's a, it's a story that uh, sort of sums up Braden right to a T, I think, because uh, Jaden uh, Braden has been known to be a little bit of a cheeky devil. I'm going to I'm just sharing a photo at the moment with uh, young Brett and Braden, and they might be able to see this on the pictures of the, of the video conferencing at the moment. Now, this photo is a photo of James Pattinson when he was at the Melbourne Renegades. And it's got a photo of myself and Braden in the picture. Now I'll tell this I'll tell this story to start off with. The way this came about was that I went to the game to watch Melbourne Renegades play this night, and just so happens Braden, who was an avid follower of the Renegades at the time, uh, was at the game as well. And he figured out that I was there, flicked me a message, and said, "Did you want to meet James Pattinson?" I'm like, "Hell, sure. I've had three or four beers. Why not?" So. I, I acquiesced in his mother's uh, membership and ended up in the uh, in the the fancier part where they had a bit of a meet and greet with some of the Renegades players, and it just so happens that James Pattinson was there. So, Braden, the fearless fearless photo taker of the years with celebrities, the lie essentially has no fear uh, when it comes to talking to celebrities in any way, shape, or form. Get it out, hey Jimmy. James turns around and just looks and sees the young young fellow there. Can we get a photo? Yeah, sure, mate. So he comes up and we get a photo. And then I sort of sheepishly just go, oh, if you wouldn't mind getting a photo. So we got a picture. And anywho, we got the photo and there was about three or four pictures taken. Little did I know that Braden was playing some little pranks with some of his hand signs uh, while these photos were being taken. And I didn't pick up on this until afterwards. I got home from the cricket went through the photos and had a bit of a gander and I could see there was just a couple of gestures coming from coming from young Braden's hands in, in the photos and I've gone, you cheeky little devil. So uh, that is that is uh, my little story as far as uh, 
Braden's Braden's cheekiness goes. So we'll move on to the next the questions, Braden. Uh, so first up, you're a you're a pretty well travelled lad. Um, you've gone overseas. You've done a couple of trips here and there for cricket and various other little tidbits along the way. Um, where's been your best trip so far? Has it been you know England, Fiji, Mumbled? Well, I've been to England a couple of times. Uh, the first time was pretty good, saying everything and all that. But I reckon it was last year going to New Zealand. That was a completely different experience. Not really similar to Australia or England, I suppose. Just, I don't know, cricket conditions were completely different. And, yeah, it was just, I don't know, different. And do you, do you feel that you got better as a cricketer because of that, uh, approaching some different conditions and, and learning, I suppose, how to handle those different conditions? Yeah, I suppose uh, facing and talking to different people, say, like over in England, how an off-spinner over there would bowl compared to over here, like because they play on turf from like under 10s and they come up and then, yeah, I asked a lot of questions with their spinners uh, that we versed and they just different techniques and how they got the ball to spin and all that sort of stuff. So, but, but yeah. Okay, fascinating, uh, interesting. It's it's it's, a, it's um yeah, it'd be a, it'd be really really interesting learning that as a cricketer. It's one of the benefits of having an overseas trip. Hello, Archie. We can hear you in the background. That right, so, was Tegan. Oh, sorry, Tegan. My bad. Uh, so we'll move on to the next question uh, as a bit of a follow up here, right? And this is a little bit of a humorous one. I enjoyed writing this one actually. Uh, so with such overseas experiences at such a young age, you've been lucky enough to dip your toe into quite a large array of cuisine. However, one cuisine that we're all aware of that you have a soft spot for is Chinese. So for the listeners at home, what is it about a succulent Chinese meal that keeps bringing you back? Uh, so democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Democracy manifest. Uh, if anyone, has, if anyone hasn't seen succulent Chinese meal on uh, YouTube, look it up. Braden showed it to me, and I, I thoroughly uh, enjoyed you it. You won't look back. It. No, you won't. You definitely won't. It'll, I'd say it would change your life. Moving on. Uh, so, as anyone that's known you for quite a while, Braden, uh, would be very much aware of uh, your how do I say moulay, your mullet. Um, so, first things first. How did this? How did the mullet come about? What's the backstory of it? Because this mullet has gained quite the cult status, having even frequented <laughs> some best mullet Facebook pages. Yeah, well, it started as a little a dusty mullet, as they call it. So, say, oh, not very long hair, and just shaved the sides, see how it goes. And then, I've been growing it for a couple of years. So, yep. Yeah, the key is not to wash it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like that away. <laughs> well, just on that, how does Tess think about that? Oh, I wash it when I go over there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> let it grow, let it flow. Okay, we'll move on to the next the next question. As I've mentioned to and alluded to before with the James Pattinson story, uh, you seem to be quite fearless when it when it came to approaching celebrities uh, for getting a photo or an autograph, um, a selfie, those kind of uh, bits and bobs and, and going through your socials, you can definitely see that you've got quite the collection of them. However, was there uh, any such particular celebrity or celebrity cricketer that uh, just left you Star Trek when you were meeting them? And uh, I suppose we were a little bit intimidated by when trying to get a photo with them. Uh, Chris Gale, because he doesn't say anything, he just looks at you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
you, you actually have to like yell at him to get a photo. This is a couple of years ago now, but um, yeah, he's he's an angry looking bloke. But yeah, no, <laughs> it was it was quite funny at a big bash game. It was in the nets because we get seats in front of the nets there. Yep. Um, at Etihad, and he he finished his net and come over, and the only time he smiles is when the cameras at him. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like a third eye. He just knows where the yeah. camera is at all time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, so I've got. Uh, I've just got one more question. It's a pretty simple one. I, I think you should be able to knock this on the head pretty quickly. Uh, Molly Strano or Nathan Lyon? Oh, nah, Nathan Lyon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hair. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well said. All right. Um, uh, so those are my questions. Uh, thank you for being a good sport and handling them, Brayden. Well done. Um, and with that, I might hand you back to Brett. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Right, a few quick questions to finish off, uh, Brado. Uh, now, you've opened the bowling in A-grade this year. How have you found that? Oh, pretty good. Uh, I suppose a bit different. Uh, it's always good to be following you, though. Back yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're probably carrying me at the moment. Uh, I'm sort oh, of... Yeah, you just take the shine off it for me. So, yeah, well, I'm very good at doing that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and how would you describe your batting? It's come along in leaps and bounds in the past, probably eighteen months. Describe yeah. it for me. Oh, well, it's not pretty, but it doesn't have to be pretty as long as it works. I suppose. You wouldn't call yourself a power hitter, or nah, not yet. No, not yet. Just, not uh, yet. just, just when you hit a six, you just say six at Barker's or six at Muckleford, or yeah. Well, whenever I do. Yeah, and you've hit a few yeah. of them this year. Yeah, it's all right. I'm looking forward to this week at uh, North Casmar, and I can tell you that. So Why is that? No, oh, short boundary straight, Brett. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Well, short one end, not quite so much towards the. Train track. Now, probably the last one, there's probably an angle where I'm going this, and you might not get the angle I'm going, but who do you reckon the uh, the biggest influence on your career career has been? Oh, I actually don't know. Don't know. What, well, what I reckon, oh, it's a, that this person doesn't even play cricket, uh, and that would be your wonderful mother, who oh, Lisa, yeah. who scores for us every week in A-grade. Uh, and um, provides us with some very scrumptious uh, Thursday night teas every now and again. So you've got a very wonderful mother that follows your cricket around a lot and she does a great job and she enjoys watching every success that you have. Yes. Yes. Yes, uh, you should be very thankful for for your mother. That's the way. Well, mate, I'm sure you've got other things to do. You've probably got a skyscraper scraper to start building. So yeah. uh, on that note, because uh, with uh, Brado Constructions, um, <laughs> on that note, um, we'll leave you to it. And uh, we thank you for joining us on Fat FM. No worries. Thanks, guys. No worries. Brayden Wright, everyone. We'll take a very short break and we'll come back and wrap up the show right after this. Fat FM. Welcome back to Fight FM, everyone. Uh, very special guest, that one, Mog. Uh, probably not one of our best interviews in terms of uh, connectivity, but, yeah, well, one, another one done, uh, what, 
Um, yeah, I can't even think what I was going to say, Bob. Yeah, uh, he's um, he's he's. I like Braden. He's a good kid. Uh, he's he's got he's, raised, he's, he's as as alluded to um, in the interview. His mother's fantastic. Um, and yeah, it's just a just a really well mannered, uh, but inherently cheeky kid. And yeah, got a lot of time for him. Fair to say, he's probably not going to have a media career though. <laughs> no, nah, he's uh, he, he's more sword mouth comments action. Uh, you, you always hear him chirping in the field. He, he doesn't mind a little bit of slide mouth action. Yeah, very good point. Now, Wog, uh, we'll go on to my favourite su- segment. Uh, can I get the sting up uh, to FUD Watch? Do, do, do. Now, I'm looking forward to what uh, Nev has uh, in terms of uh, a stinger for that because I think we desperately need one. Mm. Anyway, Wog, so we'll start off We'll start off with a curtain shirt and you might want to report on that because... Uh, you're actually at that game for a period of time. I was. I, I popped in. I was heading back to Ballarat, so I, I swung by on the way home, uh, made my way to the ground. And look, I'll be honest, I didn't actually know that there was a ground at the back there. And it is gorgeous. Oh, so nice. Oh, so flat. It's an absolute, it looked like an absolute dream to field on. Yeah, so the Curtain Shield finals between Ballarat and Castlemaine. Northern Oval, you should yeah, make mention. Northern Oval. Not Mars, behind Mars. Yeah, it's behind Mars Stadium, behind the North Ballarat Sports Club. I didn't even, as I said, I didn't even know there was a ground there. So it's, but it's, and then there's oh, another big ground behind that. Yes, I did I did notice that sort of uh, when I was gearing over. So I, I popped in for about, uh, about an hour, hour and a half and had a bit of a goosey gander. But uh, uh, Ballarat batted first. Uh, Castlemaine looked like they had Ballarat in trouble. Um, I thought they might have rolled them for just you know, under 100, but to Ballarat's credit, they really knuckled down um, and managed to post uh, just under 150. So that pro- and that proved to be a little bit too much for the uh, for the Main team. They got rolled for just over 100, I think it was 90. 90, yeah. So uh, yeah, considering considering they were head- heading in a really good direction uh, with the match, and from where I was where I was standing, um, yeah, I felt like they just they just couldn't quite roll that last bit. And the tail wagged a little bit to put on some very key round runs, which probably added to the pressure uh, for Castlemaine. So, yeah, unfortunately, couldn't get it done. Still a terrific, uh, terrific experience, particularly playing on a ground as nice as that. You always, you always remember playing on nice grounds like that further on down the track. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to Castlemaine for making the final. It's a terrific effort. Uh, but unfortunately, just couldn't quite get it done against Ballarat. No, couldn't, Mog. Uh, but having said that, uh, our guys performed okay. Eddie Gingell. The pick of the bowls with three for 41, and Ash Butcher took one for 25 off his nine. And for the batter, I think, I don't think Eddie only made five, Ash only made two, and Finn unfortunately made a first ball globe. So, uh, not the strongest uh, reply with the bat. But anyway, look, would have been nice to roll Ballarat because, you know, they do think they're uh, a lot better than uh, anyone else. So, but. Uh, great achievement, yeah, as you said, Wog, just to make the final. Uh, just unfortunately not quite good enough. Yep. Anyway, Wog, we might move uh, to, well, Bendigo Cricket Association, all cricket was called off last week. So the under-18s where our young uh, young fellas played, and Eddie and Ash, uh, they didn't play. And also the ones that called off surprisingly as well. And I did ask Deck last night uh, at our training uh, whether they could have played. He says they could have, but... I do know Benio got a lot more rain than what we did, um, and I did see Huntley, Huntley ground. That was under about an inch of water. Obviously, yeah, if they might have a rule similar to us that if you have more than a half your round, 
washed out that uh, everyone's called off or just because it's a one day, it's just easy to call everyone off. So, anyway, Benny O didn't play. But Emu Valley Cricket did well, uh, where our where our girls or our, the girls that play in our ladies' team play. Now, unfortunately, didn't have one of their best days, Wog. Uh, they bowled out for 62, and the Benio City Sports Club, I don't know who that is. Uh, I think that's a Coggo-led team, I think, I've seen on Facebook. So Sounds like a bowling uh, side. Yeah, well, I thought it was. Uh, they played out some random joint. I don't even know where it was. Uh, we're in a college, apparently, but apparently it wasn't even that. So, yeah, the girls got beat pretty badly, unfortunately. Um, just having a quick look at how they went, see if they troubled the scorers this week. I think Beth nearly top scored down the order with 12 not out, batting at 10. I think I think she, she needs to get up the order while she can hit a ball pretty cleanly as well. She'd give Puffy a run for his money in terms of hit, hitting ability and power. <laughs> Cass made one run herself out, and that was it. Only the two of them played last week. So, yeah, a little bit disappointing, but the girls giving it a good crack, and uh, hopefully another win just around the corner. Big one, day Wog. Uh, we go over to the Saka, Adelaide uh, first grade, where a young friend, Darcy McCrossy. Now, Darcy, if you do listen to this, just drop a comment just to make sure that you are getting this, because we're interested to hear your thoughts on Kieron Bennett Thomas for Port Adelaide, and uh, he's a wonderful bowling ability. I see he got dropped to the twos last week, and probably <laughs> think he needs to keep going just quietly uh, from the bowling that I saw. So, um, young Dars, uh, he played both Saturday and Sunday in two different games. So they're playing two days cricket over there. Wog, I don't know what the repercussions are if uh, COVID does hit. Uh, that would be interesting to know, but. Um, yeah, maybe just because they've hardly had any COVID in Adelaide, they're just not bothering about it. Or COVID doesn't exist, I don't know. But uh, on the Saturday, Kensington uh, batted first and made 271 with their young friend. He came in at number seven again, Wog, and uh, made 52. So two half centuries in a row. I haven't actually had a chance to go and watch this, but Johnny Watson did. And apparently Darth took 39 balls or something ridiculous to get off the mark. So uh, obviously did a good job, though, because... When he came in, they were uh, five, uh, six for 130, well, 523. So to get the 270 is a good effort. Uh, him and his captain, I think, put on a nice little partnership again, so like the previous week. So two half centuries in a row for Dallas. And then on the Sunday, play played their one-day cup semi-final uh, against East Torrens, and they had a win. Uh, they were chasing 181, and Dallas came in at five and made... Uh, 34, so he's uh, hit, hit, it's a nice little form, Wog, and um, I think Darts is still 17, or he might be very close to 18, that's good recognition, uh, you'd hope that maybe some people in uh, higher places just taking note of the young fella, and hope that he might, uh, who knows what, get up there, bat up the order for Kensington, but higher honours may just await, let's hope that it does for his sake. Yeah, no, exactly right, particularly if you're getting some runs in the lower order. And it was looking like he could continue on with it. He's just running out of partners. Um, and that seems to be well, a re- re- reoccurrence with both of his innings that he's uh, displayed so far with those two half centuries. Uh, well, this one he went out. The first one he ran out of partners. And I said, uh, bold old Kieron, he probably would have made 100 in the next three hours. But anyway, <laughs> so that's about it for Fudwatch, Wog. But we're going to introduce another little segment now. We'll go back to last week. We had, a, as I said, we had a young fellow that our, our number one fan, I think, Bob, 
Uh, poor old Ollie's been shafted from number one to number two. I don't think I'll took too kindly to that, but you had the pleasure of meeting our number one fan over at the Curtain Shield, uh, yeah. young Sammy Quinn. Uh, we, is, was he pretty excited to meet you, or what? Uh, I'll firstly, I'll firstly just take a back step just before we get into Sam. Um, yes, I can hear the outrage from Oliver Knight, uh, knowing that he's been dethroned as the number one fan. Um, I can hear it down the airwaves as we speak. Yeah, I met Sammy on uh, Sunday. Uh, just a fantastic kid. Uh, really enthusiastic, really energetic, um, and has a passion for just uh, all grades. He wanted to know everything and anything about all grades and. You know, who who do you think was going to make finals and who do you think is going to win next week and, you know, what players are going to be selected where. So he just had an overall passion for the game, um, which was outstanding to hear. Um, so, yeah, Sammy's a, he's a fine young man. Uh, pleasure to meet him and very uh, very glad to make his acquaintance and uh, hopefully we'll see him again very soon. Yes, hope, hopefully we'll go. Now, did he mention it and make you laugh? Yes, he did as he was hoeing, <laughs> he, he did as he was hoeing into a Subway sandwich. Oh, well, um, fair enough. He, he um... <laughs> Yeah, we were sitting there having a chat to Tim, and uh, I was having a chat to Tim Gingell, and uh, and Sammy just said, "Oh, I'm just I'm just going to go and get some lunch." And anyway, he got a bit to the other side of the ground, and uh, Wayne Robinson had drove around and picked him up. Uh, so he was, he was he seemed pretty intent on getting his sandwich, and then he comes back, and he was just about to get stuck, stuck into a big subway foot long, and uh, he just said, "Oh, I love you, Wagger. I love you, laugh." <laughs> just, just, yeah. Flattering and something that I've honestly never heard in my life ever. Um, so yeah, good on you, Sammy. I hope you keep them well, buddy. Anyway, so now poor old Hepburn, they got washed out last week. Saw a picture of that. That was underwater as well. So what I've just quickly done, Wog, I've brought up his stats of the year. Now he's had four hits in Sega and young Sammy. Unfortunately, in three of them, he hasn't troubled the scorer. But you know, you know what the old saying is, Wog, you don't drive a Ferrari in the dirt. So he's probably just wiped his hands in those games as well. Ah, not really for me. So uh, fair enough, you know, because you are a final specialist, Sammy. Uh, he did peel off 28 against Harcourt, though. Wog, uh, it would have been hard hitting for sure. It would have been probably a couple of Dorothys in that. And, um, yeah, so he made 28 against uh, Harcourt. Now, I'm just checking his bowling, Wog. Uh, I'm going to have to pad this out because I'm just on the phone. He's taken two wickets, Wog. Yeah, not got one against Harcourt, and he got one against Colt Feeling. So, again, don't drive a Ferrari in the dirt or the mud. Uh, you wait till when it, you know, when the pressure's on. That's when he comes to the four young Sammy. So, we'll keep an eye on Sammy uh, as the weeks unfold. Now, Wog, we might. Uh, do you want to talk about Supercoach? Yes, I will. So, uh, for those that were not aware, I have Supercoach has opened. Um, I found that out very, very quickly. So I got a, a Facebook post out to every, all the masses and started getting the list together. Uh, the, we have a maximum of in our first league that we can have of 18 players. It has already been filled by 14 players, uh, including some very new ones who we knew were not, not aware did Supercoach, but fantastic, and we welcome them wholeheartedly. So if anybody including else... Including our first female one. Yes, yes, exactly right. Uh, so welcome, Lisa Wright. Uh, best of luck for the season. Uh, hopefully not too much of a best of luck, however, because we've got, uh, got finals that we all need to play and make. If anybody else would like to uh, make their interest known to me, please get in contact with me. I've already had a few Facebook messages from people, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, makes my job a heck of a lot easier organising this. However, if you have not received the league code yet, please get in contact with me. There's a few not in there, Wog, that oh, I think are staples. And they are, well, he wasn't in last year. It was Wits' winners. We need to get him back because 
I enjoy giving it to Witsy. Uh, and also Jonesy, he's normally a staple in there, so need to get him on there. I think it's time for Andy Interstate to go back to the VFL Wog Division 2. You, you can't finish last every year for eight years and expect to stay up. You know, this is English Premier League style. Uh, if you get dropped for poor form. So I think you've got to make that happen, Wog. <laughs> just casting a little bit of bait out there, I see, Brett, just seeing if you can yes, get some, yes, some bites. Cast a little bit out in Facebook and now I'll cast it out in the podcast. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, obviously, I reckon there's... Uh, I reckon there's a couple of others out there that still haven't registered as well that are that are staples as well. So I uh, just can't think off the top of my head, Bob. Yep, fair enough. Anyway, if uh, anyone would like to get the league code off of me, please let me know. If we have sufficient interest, I will look at putting in a second division, um, but it just comes back to how much interest I get from others. But given the uh, rapid nature of people signing up thus far, I can see it moving possibly to a second division, but we will see. Uh, but yeah, as I said, please let me know. I'll tell you my first pick is Wog, and that is Frederick from Fremantle. Absolute star, Wog. Just a scoring machine. So anyone looking for just that bargain buy, he's your man. I was thinking maybe Chris Mayne might be a good buy. Oh, Mayne's elite. So he he just gets in without saying. (laughs) He's He's an auto. He's an auto select. Anyway, yeah. yes, moving right, moving right along. Might go into this week's previews. Well, what do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon that's probably a good idea. Um, so I've got them up here. Uh, so there's quite a few here, actually. So at the time of, re- at the time of recording, uh, which is Wednesday night, Wednesday the 3rd of February, the two Muckleford under-13 teams are playing according to the fixture here. Uh, so they're playing at Old Muckleford, so that should be a good little match for the under 13s there. Uh, if anyone's in the if anyone's in the area, although podcast is coming out Friday, if uh, if you'd like to get out and have a look, uh, we highly recommend going to see the under 13s. It's always good fun. Uh, the kids always have a great time with the under I 13s, think, and it's excellently run. There's, a, there's an under 13 team out at Muckleford every week for the next four weeks. So yeah, get around it, I say. Get around it. So we'll move on to the next series of games. Now, from what I can see here, Brett, and this is just the upcoming matches that I can see coming up over the next. We've got the girls on Friday night at Maiden Gully. So yes. same, same weather same, pending. Yeah, weather <laughs> pending. So same status as uh, last week. Just to be excellent, for the girls to get on to get on with a win for uh, for the season. Uh, do their confidence a lot of good and. Uh, Good reason to get them up and about. So we'll kick to the week end. Now, from what I can see here, I Brett, will say, you go, mate. We'll say, Wog, uh, big Lo- uh, Loz was at training last night, hitting him pretty cleanly after a while. So, mm. uh, again, probably give Huffy a run for his money in oh. terms of power hitting. Just reaffirming. And I'm just looking at- reaffirming she's the number one Cosgrove. Uh, oh, absolutely, definitely the number one Cosgrove. Uh, just looking at Friday's weather, Wog, uh, 20 to 40 mil with a chance of a thunderstorm. So that one might have to be rescheduled again, I think, or, or abandoned uh, with rain on Thursday as well. So pretty similar weather to last week, I think. Fantastic. Get out your swimmers, folks. We're going swimming. So the, uh, there'll be the continuation of the C-grade games. So uh, the one Muckleford side is defending. Uh, there's 137, I think it was. Uh, and... Uh, the other one is trying chasing. to chase down, is chasing 68 runs. So uh, should be both fascinating clashes. Hopefully they can both come away with a win. As you mentioned earlier, Wog, that Muckleford Castlemaine United game, the winner potentially gets that second spot uh, and a place in the finals. But both of them have tough games in that last game. So 
it's not automatic. Not not set in stone, but uh, it goes yeah. it goes it goes a very long way. Okay, so yeah. uh, we will move on to the senior games. Uh, so B grade first up are playing Maiden Gully at the old ground. B grade is just a rinse and repeat, really. Um, they're sitting very comfortably on the top of the ladder. Uh, last week didn't affect them in any way, shape, or form. Keep winning, particularly the closer and closer they're getting to finals. They want to find some good form, and also uh, they'll be very keen on figuring out what the composition of their final side will be. So it should be an interesting clash. Uh, hopefully B grade can continue on and. Uh, Get another get another set of points. Yeah, look, Maiden Gully is sitting in third at the moment. So, and I reckon last time was reasonably close between the two teams. I don't reckon there was that much separating them. It was probably only twenty runs. So, they guys will be pretty keen to continue on. Yeah, as I said, win this week, guaranteed a top two spot, guaranteed a home final. So, wow, Coolio. All right, uh, next match is Muckleford in A Reserve. They're playing the top side of Hepburn, Ashford, Mapson, and Timmins Oval. I'd say that this would be effectively do or die, as we've alluded to earlier in the podcast. A Reserve really just have to win every single game from here on and have some uh, results go their way. Uh, but Hepburn is a massive t- uh, task. They've got a very good team um, and some very good cricketers. Uh, there was one that was one that I watched in the uh, in the Curtin Shield final who bowled some uh, some pretty impressive pace. So they'll have their hands full. But hopefully, they, if they, if things click, if things click for our reserve and they put in a complete game, who knows? They might give Hepburn a run for their money. Well, you've got to think back to last time. Wog, uh, our reserve only got beat by one run against Hepburn over at Hepburn. So you know, you just got to think back to what what they've done well in the past and try and execute that going forward. Because yeah, obviously, it doesn't sound like the issue is too much with the bowling as such. It sounds like it's the fielding and the batting that's. Uh, letting A reserve down, so need some guys at the top just to play with a little bit of intent uh, and with a bit of freedom and trying to get a what you know keep the scoreboard ticking over because I think by the sounds of it, the last couple of games uh, that's been the issue left a little bit too late. So get on the front foot early and put them under pressure because doesn't matter how good a bowler you are, well, if you can get them under pressure, uh, you know especially the good ones, the whole team sort of feels it and that's where you can pick up bonus runs. So. Yeah, hopefully our reserve have a win. At least just get back on the winners' board, but to give themselves some chance of playing finals. Agreed. Okay, uh, and to finish up the previous Brett, we've got A grade. A grade are playing North Castlemaine at the Wesley Hill uh, Reserve, a recreation reserve. So on the turf wicket up there. Uh, last time these two sides played, uh, Muckleford had a reasonably comfortable-ish win. Uh, there was a few, maybe a few scares along the way, particularly with Jamie Allen batting, uh, but. Uh, they would be definitely wanting to uh, get another set of points and potentially solidify a top four place. Um, so, you know, it's still a very important game for them. So they don't want to drop this. No, look, you can't read into North Castle Main's ladder position log because it's not a true reflection of what where they actually sit. Uh, well, maybe it is, but, you know, I'm looking at their team that allegedly is going to play against us tomorrow. Now, I don't know whether this is just pre-filling or whatever, but probably their strongest team yet. There's some pretty handy names that uh, one certainly hasn't played against us. Uh, and there's yeah, probably their best team, Wog. And up at North, it's, uh, you know, they know those conditions well, but, um, you know, we also play that green quite well. Now, and just in terms of ladder position, Wog, I, let, I alluded to this before. Now, A-grade sit equal second with Newstead uh, and just 0.09% behind. And Newstead have the bye this week, so they won't accumulate any points. So a win or a draw or a tie 
we'll see A grade move into second. And they're only a game behind Barker's Creek who play Maiden Gully, who need to win. If Maiden Gully lose, Wog, basically nearly curtains for them. If they lose, A grade are basically in. Or a draw may help them a little bit. A draw or a loss will guarantee A grade of a final um, because Maiden Gully is still going to have a buy. So do we. Um, and Castlemaine United sit a game and 0.03% behind us, um, but have a game in hand. Um, and they rolled Newstead last week. So, uh, And Kesselmain play Guildford out the goat track. So who Guildford rolled Maiden Gully last week. So uh, last week was a, you know, you had sixth, fourth, and third beat teams above them on the ladder. So, you know, just it just shows how even A-grade is, Bob. Um, so, yeah, A-grade, love to have a win. Again, weather forecast isn't looking good, and I think all grades, uh, all games in A grade this week are on turf, so it doesn't bode overly well, Wog, uh, because, yeah, Barkers and Guildford sometimes can get wet, even if the covers are on. So, yeah, two games are washed out uh, before 11 o'clock, all games are washed out in that particular grade, but hopefully we can get on. Hmm. Makes for fascinating viewing, uh, irrespective. It's always always interesting this time of year with the uh, ladder positions and whatnot and uh, what teams have to do to see if they can make finals. But uh, on that note, Brett, that is the end of the preview. So good luck to all teams this weekend. Yeah, smash that out of the park as always, Wog. Well, Wog, I think we're nearly at the end of another big podcast. I'm just quickly reading through my... Notes that I bring every week. Uh, I think we're just about done. Well, Garth, we've still got a little bit of merch to hand out. Uh, still got one or two that still need to fix me up on that. So if you, I'll bring the merch to training tomorrow night, but or I would have bought it the Thursday night. So I want to get that out of my household and into someone else's household, so I don't get abused. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's. I mean, I think I've had heard some really good comments about uh, some of our merch. So. Uh, next year we'll do another order and hopefully get a few more people on board to uh, proudly wear the maroon and gold box. Now, just remind me of something, speaking of maroon and gold, going to be a nice little surprise for uh, the Mucklewood United and A-Reserve team out there on Saturday out at Mucklewood. Won't go into it, but that's the same maroon and gold has a bit of a theme to it. Good boy. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, Rob, uh, before we wrap up, I'll give you one last chance just to Plug our socials. Yep, good call. Uh, so we have a Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash MuckleforCC. Uh, Twitter page is run by uh, the Oracle of our club, uh, twitter.com slash MuckleforCC. And we also have our website, muckleford.vic.cricket.com.au. We also use the team app quite a bit, uh, which is available on Android and iOS devices. Just go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, depending on your device and search for the team app, download it, and then search for Muckleford Cricket Club, and you should find us fairly easily. Uh, we usually use any of these platforms to get news out to any all of our prospective members, so if you could follow us on any of them, that would be hugely appreciated. But if you could also give us a like on this podcast or a follow, that would also be good. I have found out, Brett, that we are, we're not just available on Spotify. We're also available on a few other platforms as well. So I'll quickly read them out while I get the chance. We're available on Anchor, uh, anchor.fm slash MuckleforCC. We're also available on Breaker, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, 
pod, uh, podcasts, radio, and radio public as well. Uh, I do not know. I do not know what half of them are, but it's. I've never heard of them. Neither have I. So, but we're available on them irrespective. So, all of the podcasts for everybody. Enjoy. Next minute we'll be on Pocket News. Well, God, I don't have to remember that, but. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Oh, that was great. Yes, they were. That was the prior time when the only way he could find out a footy score without turning on a radio uh, of a Saturday night was get pocket news. (laughs) Anyway, hey, just quickly, Wog, uh, I know we're talking off here. I believe we've got some new listeners, though. Mm, Yes, yes. We've... um... Yeah, well, I was just saying we've we've actually started to entrench ourselves in the United States a little bit more, which sounds uh, sounds a little bit concerning. Maybe there are just trying to find some some podcasts to listen to while they're in in various parts of lockdown. Um, so yeah, thirteen percent listenership has gone to the United States, which is quite surprising. And uh, if I look at the uh, the United States geographic location, I can see that it's narrowed down to Washington, Ohio, Texas, Virginia, Illinois, and Oregon. So to all our United States friends over there, hello. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, and Archie's next guy too. Yeah, he's, he's following it on podcast. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. So he's up and about. So that's good to hear, though, Wog. We're outgrowing ourselves. We're moving into the international market and hopefully not far off monetizing this, Wog. Get your hand off it. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. Well, imagine if it did. All right, Wog, any final thoughts before we wrap up this another episode of this podcast? Archie's a big dog. Getting around it. Uh, if we do get washed out this week, stay tuned to Facebook, uh I reckon it might be a good time to have a bit of a session out at uh, Matson and Simmons Oval and uh, put some money back into the club's coffers, I reckon. But uh, hopefully we can uh, play cricket. But if not, we'll, um, we'll aim to do something a little bit different. All right, then. Uh, that's been uh, a wrap. That'll be a wrap for another Friday FM. My na- uh, that's been Lock and Colfart. My name is Brett Cole, and this has been another episode of Friday FM. <laughs>